Welcome to Bartender Journey, episode number 102. My name is Brian Vincent Weber. Thank you so much for listening. This is the podcast that talks all about bartending and spirits and cocktails. And today we're going to be talking about rye whiskey. I have an interview with John Cooper from Dad's Hat Rye. It's a great rye made in Pennsylvania. And uh, rye is, I love rye. Love it. It's uh, whiskey. You know, rye is a subset of whiskey, right? And uh, it's it has a spiciness to it, maltiness. Um, it really has a lot of character. I love bourbon, but rye just has like kick to it. It has real character. Has real. Um, it has balls. Do you mind if I say that? I'm going to say that it has balls. I'm going to quote from a New York Times article here. It says about rye, quote, It used to be the signature whiskey of the United States. George Washington distilled it. Men fought over it in the Whiskey Rebellion of 1794. Classic cocktails like the Manhattan, the Sazerac, and the Ward 8 were invented for it. Humphrey Bogart swigged it. For decades, it clung tenuously to life, barely preserved by a couple of distilleries that would not let it lapse. Unlike bourbon, which is usually sweet, smooth, and rounded, rye has a dry, jangly, brash nature. Its spicy flavors practically dance their way through your mouth. In its simplest form, rye is a little grassy and sour, much like rye bread. With age, it becomes more complex and subtle, weaving spice and caramel flavors over and through the grassiness. A Manhattan made as originally conceived with rye instead of bourbon is a completely different cocktail, dynamic rather than soothing, more Harley Davidson than Cadillac. End quote. Yeah, man, I agree with all that. Dad's Hat has several different uh, variations on their whiskey. They have a white whiskey. They have their sort of uh, generic, (laughs) I don't want to say generic, but uh, they have their rye whiskey. But then they have their rye whiskey aged in ex-vermouth barrels. So barrels that were used to make vermouth. Now they're going to take their rye and put it in there, and it imparts a great little uh, vermouth twist on things. And then they do the same thing with port barrels. So, uh, But as you may know, I'm a huge fan of Manhattans, and uh, that really caught my eye, the fact that they're making rye aged in vermouth barrels. So I just had to find out more about this company, and uh, it turns out Mr. John Cooper, one of the founders of this company, is a true gentleman, and uh, we had a wonderful conversation, which I'll play for you in just a bit. And uh, also I had a uh, my good friend Mike, who used to be my next-door neighbor. He is not in the industry whatsoever, but uh, he enjoys good spirits, good cocktails, and uh, I had him over, so uh, I recorded our little informal tasting that we did of the dad's hat, and uh, I made him a couple of cocktails and uh, he enjoyed that so uh but let's talk to mr john cooper from dad's hat rye brian hey john how are you i'm good i'm good listen i appreciate your um uh, your patience with me i uh we had uh we just had three bartenders and a sales rep from down in delaware up here oh good uh, they were here for for four and a half hours so oh, wow uh, longer than we thought well, it's not a problem. Thanks so much for uh, talking with me. Problem here. Let me get this. Uh, I'm on an iPad, so I got to get this so this you can actually see. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That'll work. Yeah. Cool. So, um, so how are you? Good. You how are you? I did. Thank you so much. Very, Good. very nice package. I appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. I I really caught my eye when I saw you were uh, finishing your rye and vermouth barrels. I just had to find right. out more about it because I'm such a fan of Manhattans. And, uh, okay. And I said, that's got to make the best Manhattan ever. Well, it makes a really, really good, perfect Manhattan. Uh, mm. What that is, is that's uh, it's very unique. It's the only whiskey that we know of anywhere on the planet that uh, is um, finished in sweet vermouth barrels. So what we do is we take 
our quarter cask aged rye whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, we age our normal rye in 15 gallon quarter casks with a number four char. We then uh, take that whiskey at cast strength uh, out of our blending tank, and then we put it into used uh, via sweet vermouth, VYA. Yep. We via vermouth from Quaddy Winery in California. So we buy their used barrels. Right. And then what we do is we will age in those barrels, and that's how we get our uh, vermouth finished whiskey. Well, it's really nice. And I know Andrew from uh, Via. I met him, ah. and he was actually, I think he was the first interview I did on this show, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, they make some incredible dessert wines. They make really, really good vermouth. And then our port finish rye, we also use their starboard barrels. So, so the uh, so the four bottles is it all the same uh, recipe, the same mash build? For Everything all? is the same mash build. So mm-hmm. we have uh, we use 80 percent rye grain. All of our rye grain is all locally sourced. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get it predominantly from Bucks County. We also get it from York, Lancaster, and Chester County, but. Majority of our grain typically comes from Bucks County. We've got very, very good relationships with our farmers. We, mm-hmm. uh, they will actually uh, harvest to our specifications. Uh, we then recycle our spent mash back to them. Uh, so we'll, we'll empty the still into the totes. We give the totes back to them. They use it as animal feed. It's a great, nice symbiotic relationship. Um, so we use 80% rye grain, uh, 5% rye malt, Mm-hmm. And fifteen percent barley malt. So we have a malt-heavy recipe, mm-hmm. which is very uh, classic uh, Pennsylvania-style pre-prohibition-era recipe. Great, because you know we didn't use enzymes back then, and you needed to have a higher malt content in order to be able to generate fermentation. Oh, okay. We kind of cringe when we see guys that are out there with ninety-five uh, percent rye grain, and they're claiming that they have a pre-prohibition-era recipe because mm-hmm. enzymes didn't exist before prohibition. Okay. Yeah, can't get the fermentation cycle to start. So, oh, interesting. So the malted barley will will start the fermentation. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It releases a lot more sugar, so you get the fermentation started with a higher malt content. And is the yeast naturally occurring, or that you add that? No, we add the yeast. You add the yeast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was I was thinking about that recently because I've been looking into the history of distilling and you know going back all yeah. the way to and I'm like where where do they get that yeast? I didn't go to the supermarket and buy it. Obviously, no, they had it. They used to do yeast cultures back then, and they would hold on to it. And then what they would do is is they would reuse it mm. and keep that culture going. Uh, so yeah, you you mentioned using the quarter cast, and I guess um, that allows you to get it out quicker, right? You don't have an age statement on your on your whiskey, but uh, not no not on, not on the, not on the quarter cast age. We chose quarter because the interesting thing is is uh, we're both whiskey guys. Herman and I are both whiskey guys. I've been a Scotch whiskey fan for, oh God, you know, forever. Mm-hmm. And I'm also a big Laphroaig fan. So what's happened in, Scot- in Scotch, uh, you may have noticed, is you're starting to see a lot less age statements. And I think Laphroaig was one of the first to go for quarter cask aging. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was like, you know, that's kind of makes sense so yeah. uh, when we first started out we we looked at we tried different size barrels we wanted to see where we could get a good flavor profile in a reasonable period of time that would enable us to do rapid enough turnover while we started to age whiskey in an older format uh, we chose 15 gallon barrels we do a number four char we do a heavy char and 15 gallon barrels and uh, we do a, a pretty tight cut as it comes off the still. So we adjust the cut of the whiskey in terms of how much tails we use, depending mm-hmm. upon what size barrel we're going to age in. Okay. So on the quarter cask gauge, we get 
pretty spectacular results in a, a very tight time frame. Right. We don't add anything to that that is 100% natural. Uh, we don't buy any whiskey from anybody else. All Dad's Hat products is all 100% made here on site in our distillery here in Bristol. Yeah, just just for anybody who doesn't know, the, you, with a smaller cask, you're getting more surface area touching the whiskey, Correct. right? So that because you're aging in a smaller barrel, there's two things that happen. You got a greater surface uh, contact between volume of spirit and surface of the wood. Mm-hmm. Plus, we're doing a heavier char on those barrels, right? Uh, so you're going to get a, a more rapid interaction between the spirit and the charcoal and the spirit and the wood. So. We get really good color extract, really good flavor composition coming off those barrels. We'll start tasting them. We'll spot test barrels at six months in. But typically, we're pulling them at eight to nine months. Okay. Typically, where we pull them. Uh We don't bottle in batches. We don't do batch bottling. So you'll see some craft guys that will say batch number five, Mm -hmm. bottle number. We don't do that. Right. We do what we call forward blending. So we have a blending tank that we empty our barrels into the blending tank. And we never allow that blending tank to get below one-third full. Mm-hmm. So similar to the Solera method, yeah? Very similar. So we're always blending back into whiskey that we already have in the tank. Mm-hmm. So what that does is that enables us to keep a flavor profile sort of like this as opposed to this. More consistent, so right? You'll get that craft differential on a Dad's Hat bottle. So every bottle of Dad's Hat you drink won't taste exactly the same. Mm-hmm. But you're going to get that core fundamental dad's hat flavor, yeah. which is it's a malt forward rye. Um, as you've tasted our rye, the age rye, you're going to notice it's distinctly different than than the Indiana rye, like Bullet and Templeton, and yeah, it's it, it's different. You don't those ryes don't have that that malt nose or that malt flavor. Yeah, ours has. Yeah, it's you definitely taste the malt, and it's you know it's it's kind of in your face, and I like that. <laughs> yep. uh, that is by design, and that is a it is a very old old style uh, Pennsylvania rye whiskey. Well, you know you're drinking rye. I mean, with with bullet, you know, in a blind tasting, you know, you might be a little hard pressed to. Uh, to say, is this rye? Is it bourbon? Uh, <laughs> let me take another taste to make sure. Well, you know, those, those whiskeys, those whiskeys, they're damn good whiskeys. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, I'm, I'm a big fan no of bullet. About them, but you got to remember that, that that stock that's coming out of that distillery, that was originally intended as blending stock. Mm. And, you know, it, it's 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 good, but it's, it's I, I think it lacks a little bit of some of the depth that you want in some rye flavors. That's my my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's not to denigrate those ryes at all. No. I think they're exceptional. I no, think I they're very very good, but they're they're different. Yeah, you know, yeah. different. Well, how how cool is that? That there's actually you know within the category of rye whiskey, which is a subset of whiskey, we have different categories of that. You know, Pennsylvania style rye. That's great. Well, there should be, yeah. and there should be differences. It's one of the great things about you know Scotch. I mean, mm-hmm. you get your your Lowland, your Highland, your 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 Islays. And inside those individuals, you, you space side, you have, they're all different yeah. flavor profiles. And there's no reason why you can't have the same thing uh, with American whiskeys. Yeah, yeah. And rise uh, on the upswing for sure. You know, you re- I think you hit it at the, at the right time. Yeah, we, uh, we got lucky there, right? <laughs> we picked the right whiskey at the right time. Yeah. Um, it is on the upswing. And I think what's happening is is that uh, people are beginning to discover old cocktails and they're beginning yeah. to discover the fact that 
drinking uh, good whiskey and drinking cocktails is different than, uh, well, let's go out and, and, and get hammered. Right. You know? Hopefully, people are moving more towards the social aspect of drinking maturely exactly. and drinking exactly. responsibly and understanding how to enhance a meal or how to enhance an evening with with a really good cocktail or 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 simply a delicious sipping whiskey exactly we see a lot of that when we do tours our tours are always packed mm-hmm. and we get some really interesting people uh, we get demographics from early 20s uh to early 80s it's fascinating to me when you you have we had people at the bar that uh there had to be 45 years between the two yeah, couples yeah. and they're talking about cocktail experiences <laughs> and, about, and you watch this and you go that's fantastic that's, that's what makes this business wonderful is yeah, to watch really, people really enjoy is. it like that and they they're very very well educated mm-hmm. about the nuances and the subtleties of differences in flavor profiles it's it's um it's a nice time to be in this business yeah absolutely and uh a couple years ago Bars in Manhattan were having a hard time keeping rye in stock. Old Overholt and Templeton, they were running out of it all the time. So, like you said, I think it's the right whiskey at the right time, absolutely. Let me ask you this. I've, I've heard that uh, working with rye is a little trickier than working with corn. Uh, yeah, you got a little bit more of a, foam, a foaming problem. Uh, it's a little bit more difficult, but... My partner, Herman, he's the guy that actually runs it still. I'm the guy that does all the blending. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, my name is Cooper, so I'm in charge of the barrels. <laughs> there you go. But we've been very successful. We have a Carl still mm-hmm. from Germany, and it's a 2,000-liter pot still with a side column. Our fermentation tanks are oversized, and what we what we do is we do a temperature-controlled fermentation. Um, so we never really let our mash get uh, hotter than 80 degrees. Oh, that's so, really interesting. Yeah, okay. so what we do is we keep... We keep the yeast at a fairly constant temperature, so as a result of that, we get um, we get a longer flavor extraction. So our fermentation actually will take place over a period of up to seven days, mm. uh, as opposed to some of the bigger guys. What they'll do is they'll let the yeast run wild, and uh, it'll get overheated, and it'll wind up and kill itself. And, you, and you're dealing with more foam and more interaction. Mm. And that must affect the flavors as well in the end. I know uh, Greenhook Ginsmiths does that, where they keep they right. do a vacuum um, distilling, where they, they, and it just gives it such a fresh taste, just really yeah. delicious. We think it really adds to the back end and the mouth feel. Mm. And um, and then what we do is when we do our distillation, we we use the pot still uh, with a condenser for the first for the first run of the stripping run, and then when we do the finishing run, we use the pot still, and then we engage the the side column. And then we engage the plates. So because we use plates, what we do is we get the effect of a triple distillation Mm -hmm. with only doing two distillations. So our spirit is characteristically very clean and and delivers a very, very balanced mouthfeel. And you'll get that across the board all the way from the white rye all the way through to the port finish rye. And we hear that ad nauseum from people. uh, Wow, this is is really smooth. Now, I happen to think that smooth is... One of the most abused words in yeah. this industry. So I prefer to say mouthfeel. Yeah. I think we get really good balance. Even at 100 proof on the white rye, you don't get that that eye-tearing burn right. in our whiskeys. Um, so they're very, very drinkable. And our flagship product is Dad's Hat Pennsylvania Rye. You got really good balance on that mouthfeel. You can hold that whiskey on your tongue 
and it's not going to make you it's not going to burn it's not going to be harsh yeah well what i i enjoyed about it was like you say it's smooth or it has a great mouthfeel but then that's balanced with this spiciness that, yeah and that's what i really enjoy about this whiskey yeah and you want that spiciness there i think there's some ryes that are out there that are um they're kind of like i I don't want to use the word bland, but they they, they kind of lack soul. Right. Um, and I think rye, rye was originally meant to be drunk young. Hmm. Rye should be the vibrant guy at the party. You know, he <laughs> should be, should be bringing some some soul, some spice, some fun, and that's what you want a rye to do. But on the other hand, you don't want it to be harsh and you don't want it to be nasty. Mm-hmm. You no. Know? And, and there's an art to that. And uh, I like to think that we, we, we captured that art. I, I agree. I think you did. <laughs> Thank the, you. Uh, the white rye is uh, interesting and a, a bit unusual. I can't say I'd, I'd never sampled one before, although I was at Astor uh, Wines yesterday in, in Manhattan. And I, now, that I, now that I'm uh, kind of hip to it, I was looking at, wow, there are, there's several white ryes out there. But yeah. uh, I, I had never tasted one before. So, uh, Do you see ours? Do they still have it in there? We changed distributors in New York. We went with Winebow now. Yeah, uh, Astor, Astor has your uh, the Pennsylvania rye. Yep. Okay, okay. Uh, the um, yeah, white rye. Uh, we have to call it white rye because we can't call it white whiskey because it's never spent any time in a barrel, mm-hmm. and it's and it has no corn in it. Mm-hmm. That's another goofy law which I don't understand. <laughs> but uh, if it had corn in it, we could call it white whiskey, and if it had spent even fifty seconds in a barrel, we could call it whiskey. Mm-hmm. But uh, we didn't do either, so we call it white rye. It's exactly the same mash bill as all of our other ryes. Uh-huh. That white rye uh, is, uh, bartenders will consistently tell us it's in the top five white ryes or f- top five white whiskeys in the country, mm. uh, which we love to hear. But uh, we we originally were never going to even sell white rye. Uh, the only reason we sell it is we've had so many people come through here on tours yeah. um, that they've asked us to buy it, if they could buy it. So we said, mm. yeah, that's fine. So, so we started selling it. And um, it's a, it's got a very unique flavor profile. It kind of uh, has a tequila nose, smells right. a little bit like tequila, and it's got uh, some of the rawness of tequila on the mouthfeel. Yeah, I can see that. But you get a, a lot of grass, uh, a lot of grain, and it's it's actually kind of oily. Yeah. Again, for a hundred proof, it's it's ridiculously smooth. For oh, it proof. is absolutely. Yeah, I like I like the it has a nice uh, vanilla finish I find. Yep. And now that you mention it, I see that tequila correlation you were talking about. I bet it would also make an interesting Negroni. I've got to give that a try. So you have some other cool recipes on your website? Yeah, it makes great cocktails. I mean, we I I make all my margaritas out of it. Yeah, that's a cool idea. Yeah, actually I mixed up uh while I was waiting uh, one of your uh Appalachian Oh yeah, Appalachian Trail. Yeah, yeah. But I mixed up a Manhattan the other day with the dad's hat, finished in vermouth barrels, you know, and uh, boy, was that good. Thanks. A little bitters, and I did it in the employees-only style, which adds a little uh, drop of Grammonier to it. Okay. And, oh, boy, that was good. But yeah, the white rye really does make a nice cocktail. The maltiness powers right through everything <laughs> with that with that white rye. What we like to say to people all the time is we think our whiskey plays well with others. It makes It makes really good cocktails because it's got good balance. But it's not so overbearing a flavor that it blows the other flavors in a cocktail out. Right. It Literally, it plays well with others, so it enhances the other flavors that come into the drink. It's one of the reasons mixologists really like to make cocktails with us. I mean, one of the reasons this last group we just had in here was here a long time. We started making cocktails. They came up for a tour of the distillery, and they are like, well, wait a minute. Let's try this. Let's try this. Let's try this. You know, and they were trying all kinds of different things. 
because of the way in which the whiskey um, presents itself. What are the laws in uh, Pennsylvania as far as um, serving cocktails in, in your tasting room? We have, we have a new law here in New York. It just took effect in December. So Some of the laws are a little bit goofy. We, we, um, we can serve cocktails. We, uh, we don't normally do that here. We do, it, uh, we do them on private tours. Uh, mm-hmm. we, so in other words, we're not open as a full bar. Mm-hmm. There are other places that do do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the craft distilleries that have opened up in the, in the state uh, do do that. So the laws are similar to the way they are in New York. Yeah, it just took effect. Yeah, we're ago. not allowed to serve beer. We're not allowed to serve wine. We don't have a full liquor license. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we are allowed to sell cocktails made with our spirits. Right. We do obviously consult samples, and we are able to sell our whiskey here at our distillery, uh, but we sell at the same price as the whiskey is in the uh, Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board stores. Right. Well, it looks like you do well with your tours. I mean, I was, I was looking on your website. They're sold out for the next uh, few weeks, it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whenever we put them up, they're sold out all the time. And then whenever we do events, the events sell out, sell out pretty quick. We've got two events coming up the next couple of weeks. Um We've got a music event on a Friday night on April 10th. Uh, we have uh, a group from uh, from Nashville called the Wild Ponies are going to be here. Cool. And uh, we'll be doing uh, the the show, and we'll be doing cocktails at that show. That sounds like fun. And uh, we're doing a, uh, a food and whiskey pairing here. I think it's on uh, March 28th. March 28th, we're doing that. And that, I think there's only four tickets left for that or five tickets left for that. Um so yeah, whenever we do tours, it sells out pretty quick. Uh, well, people love that stuff, don't they? I mean, yeah, I, I know we, I do. They really do, and we have a lot of fun when we do it. I, it, it we really do. It, it's and the thing that's interesting is the the level of sophistication that you see with a consumer, right? That comes to a, a distillery tour now is it's fascinating. Um, the level of depth of knowledge that they have, uh, their ability to be able to discern the subtleties inside the individual spirits themselves they really know their whiskey yeah what's really interesting is the demographic shift the under 40 crowd and the under 30 crowd really good whiskey connoisseurs and the amount of women that are are into whiskey now is it's exponential. I can't tell you how often we'll have a couple that will come in, and uh, the guy doesn't drink whiskey, and the woman's the whiskey connoisseur. <laughs> really? <laughs> and, and you know, for my generation, I kind of look at that and go, "Wow, when did that happen?" Yeah, you know? <laughs> it uh, happened uh, about six months ago. <laughs> it, it, uh, it, well, it, it actually happened about a year ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see the subtle change about a year ago, and it's 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 wonderful to see. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very cool. Have you been to uh, Tuttletown? Uh, no, I have not, but I am a fan of their spirits yeah great stuff and they're, they're doing great things with the tours and now the restaurant they have next door uh, i was just up i was just up there this weekend and um the bar is awesome i have this amazing bartender now named darren and he just does an amazing job yeah and like you say it's you know people of all ages there and he he's he's there introducing every all the guests to everybody else he knows everybody in the place's name somehow it's amazing and uh yeah they're doing a great job there they're branching they're really branching out you know, because yeah. their whiskeys are owned by Jim, uh, Beam Centauri, but anything yeah. else they make is under their control. So the, yeah. now they're they're making a creme de cacao now, and uh, oh, are they really? They yeah, <laughs> and uh, some absinthe they're messing around with. So pretty interesting. Well, uh, I'll have to come down and see you one of these days. It's about two hours away. Let us know. Let us know when you can come down. We'd love to have you come down and uh, and try some of our stuff. We got. Uh, 
We have whiskey that we're aging in 53-gallon barrels that's uh, just short of three years old. Uh, we'll be three years old this coming August. Mm. Uh, we'll be releasing that uh, probably in time for the holidays. Okay. Uh, I just tasted it today, and uh, it's pretty damn good. It's, it's okay. about ready. And um, our, our port ride just won a gold medal uh, from the Beverage Testing Institute. That happened just this past week. And, you know, look, if you can come down, by all means, give me a shout. Uh, come on down. We'll take you on a private tour. We'll take you in the back and crack open a bunch of barrels. We'll have a good time. Mm, that sounds wonderful. Well, John, thank you so much for talking appreciate to it. me. I really appreciate it. I look forward to meeting you. And uh, thanks again for the great package. All right. And uh, it was my pleasure. All right. You take care. We'll see you soon. Great. Thank you, John. Take care. Bye-bye. Cheers. I really enjoy the Dad's Heads products. It's great whiskey. Uh, I forgot to ask John about the name. And uh, so I'll just quote you from the website. The other, the other partner, Herman, uh, writes on the website. Uh, he talks about his dad always wearing a hat. And uh, people don't wear hats much anymore like they used to, but uh, he says about his dad and his hats, in those days it was something more, a symbol of optimism, that we cared about quality, polish, and finish, a subtle personal signature from an era when taking the time to do it right mattered. So that's where the name comes from, and that's a pretty cool story. Actually, I've taken him, I've started to uh, wear like a grown-up men's hat recently, so I know where he's coming from with that. Well, like I said at the beginning of the show, I had my very good friend Mike over. Uh, he used to be my next-door neighbor, actually, and uh, we don't see each other as much as we used to, but uh, he's a great guy, not in the industry at all, but uh, has a good palate and enjoys a good whiskey. So uh, I had him over to taste the Dad's Hats products and uh, made him a couple cocktails. So uh, here's a little bit of that. Cheers. We left the taste. This is your Dad's Hat Pennsylvania White Rye, which I can't say I've ever had a white rye before. Uh... You know, do you know whiskey gets its flavor, its color rather, from the whiskey barrels. So any alcohol when it comes off, any uh, spirit when it comes off the still is white. They all, they're all white. And then it's not until it sits in a barrel that it's going to get color like that. So this is basically unaged uh, rye whiskey, you know, mm -hmm. so. And when you smell it, you do not get that uh, aroma of, of the uh, of, of the, the barrel wood, itself, wood, which yeah. is one of the nice yeah. uh, aspects of, uh, of a good whiskey. Yeah, so this is similar to a, uh, a a moonshine or a white dog. It's called if it's if it's yeah. bourbon. Oh, that's nice. It has yeah, it is, and it's still smooth enough to to be able to drink right without yeah. the uh, you know without the the the, the cask influence on it. Mm -hmm. And um, this would mix well. Yeah, it would with mix drinks. well yeah. with. Uh, I'd like to try making a Negroni with it. That's what I want to try. I'm a big fan of Negronis. Do you get a little citrus with that? Maybe grapefruit or. Mm, no, 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 I don't get that. I wouldn't. I don't know that I'd necessarily drink this neat all the time. Yeah, but it's but, not. Uh, it's it's made for mixing, right? And cocktails. Yeah, and that's that's the impression you get, both from the aroma of it. There's nothing to attract you to the aroma of it. The taste of it is smooth enough, mm -hmm. um, but definitely this is this would be great for mixing. Mm -hmm. Yep. So next we're gonna go on to the uh, straight rye whiskey. So this is aged rye whiskey, ninety proof. This actually has an interesting cola aroma. Mm -hmm. it, it it almost smells like uh -huh. a cola, you know, okay. like a, a Pepsi or Coca Cola aroma. Get a 
Mm. You get the, the kick of the alcohol right away in your throat, yeah. right? And it's interesting that you know, the one before was uh, 100 proof. This 100 is 90 proof. proof. Right. This is 90 proof. And at, a, at, a, at 100 proof, uh, the, the, the white rye was actually smooth. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, yeah, you, you definitely get the alcohol right away off on this one. It's nice. Just make a nice, uh, well, I drink Manhattans. I love yeah. Manhattans. Yeah. That would do well. But interestingly, the next one we're going to taste is the uh, Dad's Hat Rye Whiskey, finished in vermouth barrels, which has got to make a great Manhattan, because the uh, oh, yeah. the other ingredient, of course, in a Manhattan is vermouth. I'm looking forward to tasting those next two. This here, because of its um, pepperiness and its um, its spice, mm-hmm. this would be a, a great combination with a with a good cigar, mm-hmm. uh, with a, with a good Maduro, you know, a um, a stronger taste in a cigar, this would balance well with it. Right. Yeah, it would stand up to it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it would stand up to the flavor that's, of, of yeah. a strong cigar. That's the key. It wouldn't yeah. be overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. It's always the cigars with you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes a rye is just a rye. <laughs> a whiskey is, sometimes a whiskey is just a whiskey. Not in my opinion. <laughs> All right. Cigars are made for whiskey and whiskey is made <laughs> yeah. for cigars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so this is, I've been looking forward to this, Dad's Hat Rye Whiskey Finished in Vermouth Barrels. So, you know, it's probably been double-aged. It was in a, um, probably an oak barrel first, and then, you know, you know what that means, a vermouth barrel? It was mm. a barrel that was used to make vermouth, mm. and now the barrel is uh, used a second time to age this. Let's see, let's see what it's done. Do you get any on the nose? You get a little of vermouth flavor? Sweetness, some sweetness on the nose. Dog, oh, I always forget, take the dog collars off. They make so much noise. Wow. Yeah, that's very different from the uh, the previous one, mm. from the Pennsylvania rye. This is... Uh, mm, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's delicious. Definitely taste the, uh, the, the, the vermouth influence in mm, there. That's great. Yeah. I like that a lot. Very nice sipping uh, whiskey. It's, it's nice and smooth, but it's also got a great depth of flavor, I think, yeah. you know. Even on the back end, mm-hmm. yeah, the flavor just keeps uh, going. Yeah, right. On the back of the palate after you've swallowed it. Very nice. That's 94 proof. Mm. You got some water there if you need to uh, yeah. mellow out a little. Yeah, I really like this, and I can't wait to make a Manhattan with it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> it just, Excellent. you know, it feels like you're really tasting the barrel in this. Right. Um, just the, the the influence of the, 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 the wood mm-hmm. in there. It just really is uh, pleasant on the, on the tongue, on the mm-hmm. palate. Isn't that interesting how much influence the uh, that wood has on, on making whiskey? I mean, there's oh, almost... Yeah. Nothing more. Than yeah, when not, not that there's almost nothing more important, but I mean, it really is such a flavor influencer. When you're tasting it compared to the white rye, yeah, you re- where you have no influence of the of the right. cask itself. Right. Suddenly, you realize the importance or or the influence yeah. of, of the uh, of the wood on the uh, on the whiskey itself. Mm-hmm. This is really nice. You know, uh, I think we've talked about this before, but you know how uh, with bourbon. One of the legal requirements for making bourbon is uh, the barrel can only be used once to make bourbon. Mm. So it has to be, bourbon has to be aged in a brand new oak barrel, charred oak barrel. And then, uh, so those barrels, of course, are not thrown away, you know, they, they're right. put to other uses. Yes. Yeah. And uh, a lot of times they ship them to Scotland to yeah. make to make scotch, mm. you know. A similar thing here where they're taking the used barrels to make something new and delicious. So this is our... Um, 
Same rye whiskey finished in port wine barrels. Oh, no, you, that's you love, you love be amazing. I love port. Yeah, we, yeah you and I are port. both, you <laughs> both are, uh, big fans of port. I, even the color of this, it's much yeah. darker. It's, yeah, it it's closer to the color of a, of a port mm-hmm. as compared to the, the uh, amber color of yeah, the, got like a ruby uh, of the red. vermouth. Yeah. It's got like a ruby flavor to it, like a, like a ruby port. Right. Interesting uh, color. We look at the colors of the of the straight rye whiskey and the one aged in the vermouth barrels. They're they're pretty similar. The, the vermouth one's just a little shade darker, but not mm. not by a lot. This is considerably darker. Yeah, interesting. The uh, the taste is very similar. It's actually very pleasant. Mm. Very nice. Yeah. Very, get, little, uh, very little very uh, little uh, spice, and it's uh, very smooth on the tongue. This is definitely a good sipping whiskey. Yeah. Well, it must be this extra aging, you know, will take away a little bit of that spicy f- and the uh, the edge of the alcohol as well. I think, even though it's it's higher in alcohol than the um, straight rye whiskey, I think this is uh, it's a little smoother, more mellow. Oh yeah, ninety four proof. This is totally sipping whiskey. I mean, it can rest on your tongue and it's not harsh at all. It's just very smooth. Do you get cherries at all? That's what comes to mind for me. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very lightly though. Yeah, it's subtle. I mean, what what overwhelms the tongue obviously is the the taste of the uh, of the barrel itself. Mm-hmm. The port. Yep. There's different styles of port too, so we have we have to wonder what what kind of port it was. <laughs> was it a ruby port? <laughs> Based on the color, that port. that would be my yep. guess. Yep. Twenty port, right? Excellent. Very nice. I mean, it's it's I can feel it of all things on my gums you know it's like mm. this uh like this tickle like it's mm. just really nice yeah yeah i could lose a night with this, this is, <laughs> and again now. it's too bad it's it's freezing cold out because the stogie would be <laughs> would be right yep well it's coming spring's coming yeah. so ever ever since i first heard about dad's hat rye whiskey aged in vermouth barrels the first thing I could think of was a Manhattan. A Manhattan. <laughs> it's got to make the most amazing Manhattan ever. I like how you think. Yeah, man. Uh, we're gonna make a double batch here. Like my mixing cup. I love it, man. That is the total uh, chemistry here. Yeah, it's like a Fla- chemistry that? class flashbacks here with a, a beacon, a beaker, beaker, beaker right? Mm-hmm. A graduated beaker. <laughs> you can get is exact it? measurements Graduate. there. Yeah. Oh well, I'm using my uh, my jigger, which is the uh, Bartender's measurement tool. <laughs> Look at that. So two Sorry, two portions of your jigger well, is exactly the 250 what milliliters? Look at that. Well, that was two uh, two ounces each. We're measuring in ounces here. Uh, all right. I'm gonna use a combination of vermouths here, which I learned from uh, I believe it was the Death and Company book. This is what they do. They use half Punti Mess vermouth and half Dolan's vermouth and that's that's their house house vermouth so we're gonna do the same thing here um, vermouth is an interesting thing you know there's so many crappy there's people are used to crappy ones in bars yeah. that sit yeah. out for they sit in the bar for months and years if and not years and yeah. they're ter- and they're actually supposed to be refrigerated you yeah. know because it's it's wine i mean it's fortified wine so it's yeah. it'll last a little longer than wine but it's better to keep it in the refrigerator oh without but, a doubt it'll, but, it doesn't oxidize as quickly as if you leave it out but most bars will not refrigerate it and so it tastes terrible so nobody orders it so it sits yeah. around forever and mm-hmm. then anybody who ever has it it's terrible yeah. so people don't people don't appreciate vermouth 
<laughs> and we're gonna do the version of the Manhattan that comes from the bar employees only, which I don't know if you know that bar. It's a great bar on Hudson Street. <coughs> Amazing bar. They do oh, Angostura bitters. Bitters, yeah. And then they'll do uh, just a little Gramonier. A little touch of Gramonier in the Manhattan. It's delicious. This is actually <laughs> Gramonier that I made. <laughs> Orange oh, yeah, liqueur. I was just going to say. liqueur that I made. That looks homemade. It is. Can't wait to try that. Here's my lap. Smell. Oh, man. <laughs> it smells like good. a jar of marmalade, man. That's it's beautiful. It's good. And it's cheaper yeah. than buying Gramonier. Gramonier's... <laughs> <laughs> Freaking expensive, man. I mean, it's good stuff, but. Nice. You know, Mike must be a good friend of mine if I'm giving him my very last Luxardo cherry. <laughs> These things are amazing. Wait till you taste this, Mike. I've earned it. Or at <laughs> least that's what I keep telling myself. It's only 24 bucks for that jar. All right, here's our Manhattan. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, Lord, that's amazing. <laughs> wow. I mean, you can taste all the, the ingredients individually as they hit, mm. hit the palate. Ah, that's a nice compliment. Thank you. I love this drink. Wow. And it's great. It's great with the uh, yeah. with this the rye whiskey aged in vermouth barrels. Yeah, that, that tastes amazing. I was just going to say that. What a difference. <laughs> just to compare, we might have to try it with the uh, one made in the port barrel. <laughs> I think we're gonna have to. I think I think it's it's science, man. It's science. Yeah. <laughs> Just to, to calibrate our tongues properly, you know. Exactly. You, you, and it's got again this wonderful sweetness that wants you to keep going, but it's not overpowering. Right. It is just a hint of sweetness. Yeah. In there. Well, that's uh, that's something not everyone understands about making drinks. People, everybody says, you know, I don't like sweet drinks. I don't like yep. sweet drinks. But if you balance. The alcohol, the sweet, and then not in this case, but in a lot of cases you have citrus as well. Yeah. So if you if you balance those three, like in a margarita, for instance, yeah. you have the bar or a uh, whiskey sour, uh, you have to balance the alcohol, the sweet, and the citrus. And if you get that balance just right, you get a great drink. You know. Yeah, this is definitely not something that you would call a girl drink because no. <laughs> there is a hint of sweetness in there. It's perfectly balanced. Yeah. So this is still very much a, a very sophisticated drink. Um, Something that I would order at a bar. Oh, hell, man. Again, I keep coming back to this, but with a cigar, this is amazing. Yeah. But it, it, just, I, it would have to be a lighter cigar with this. I mean, the, yeah, the cigar would... Uh, yeah, a medium-bodied cigar would be... This would just be a great pairing because a, a good medium-bodied cigar has a cedar flavor to it, sometimes like a coffee bean flavor to it. Mm -hmm. And this is just the right accompaniment because of the, the very slight hint of a sweetness there uh, mm -hmm. but this is just something that's wonderful to sit and sip yeah it, it's tough to sip it slowly because it tastes so good yeah <laughs> a lot yeah. of discipline that's what yeah but you know what too the the whiskey keeps you from guzzling this right. because it's not so uh light or sweet a drink this packs a punch yeah yeah it, it, it in addition to all of the the, the different flavors in there and that hint of sweetness, it packs a punch. So you're not going to guzzle this. Yeah. You're going to sip it. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, uh, I just mentioned that new, that new uh, bar and restaurant I was just talking to you about. And I ordered in Manhattan. And they're making, you know, pretty good cocktails there. Although they still need some tweaking and critiquing. And every time I go there, I, 
I tend to get in trouble with my wife. She's like, shut up. <laughs> but the one time I went, I ordered a, uh, the first time I went, I ordered a Negroni. And uh, I was, I mean, I was surprised. You don't see a lot of places around here actually even serving Negronis, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But they were serving Negronis. And, uh, you know, I didn't say how I wanted it or anything. So if you don't specify, it should be served on the rocks, you know. I mean, it's rare for anybody to want a Negroni up, although some people like it that way. Mm -hmm. But he, he served it up. And I still didn't say anything. And then the, the second bartender came and said, How, how's the, uh, oh, and he shook it, which it's not, it shouldn't be shaken. It should be stirred, not shaken. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and the second bartender comes over, how's the Negroni? <laughs> I see my, uh -oh. I can tell my wife rolling her eyes. Oh boy, here we go. And uh, I was like, well, actually it's supposed to be stirred, not shaken. And it should be served on the rocks, not up unless specified that way. <laughs> and then the one guy, the one bartender goes to the other, see, I told you. And then the other guy like, was so embarrassed he didn't come back the whole night he didn't talk to me again the whole night but then uh another couldn't stand the pressure <laughs> you know when i critique people or tell them they're doing stuff wrong on the other hand you want to yeah they gotta you know? yeah they, they gotta, gotta learn. learn you just gotta uh, you just gotta figure out how to sell it yeah, yeah. how to how to how to sell <laughs> that's the, your uh, thing you're the salesman yeah yeah how to sell the improvements you know yeah hey have you tried doing it this way man you right, get right, this right. and this effect you know you you sell it with the uh that's that's a good way yeah you, you you sell it by uh Telling them that you could, they could enhance it even more. This is great, right. but you always have play you tried? To yeah, ego, right? yeah, exactly. That's play to the ego, it. and suddenly, hey, what do you think of this now? You know, it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, that's so much better. Yeah, yeah. So then the, uh, another time, I was at the same place, and I ordered a Manhattan. And uh, first of all, they serve. You see, I'm serving it here in these. Um, it's called a coupe glass, which uh, you know, it doesn't hold that much. It's, I think it's four ounces or so maybe oh five. thank god it doesn't you yeah. you could <laughs> but you could do some damage if you well, had a bigger point, the point was i went to this place and he they're gonna put it in a martini glass and not just a martini glass one of those giant ones like you know oh you see, like a margarita like a glass ounce, yeah mar, mar, which i don't understand why anybody ever buys those gigantic martini glasses uh um but so i know and then i see and she's stirring it which is the proper way to do it but she put so little ice in there. Now, you know, part of the reason I'm doing this, I'm stirring it like this, and um, you're, you're diluting the drink. You're adding water to the drink. Mm -hmm. So by her putting so little ice in there, she's not diluting it enough, and she's giving me such a strong drink. It's this giant nine-ounce glass, yeah. and there's hardly any, there's nothing but liquor in it. Yeah. And needless to say, I only had one of those. Yeah. Well, in a way, it's it's you know good for you and not as good well, for yeah. business, right? I, exactly, you know. <laughs> and I, I even said to the owner, who I sort of know, I, I said um, the first time I went there, I was like, "Why did you buy those giant martini glasses? Why?" <laughs> and you know, people want to see their glass filled to the top, no matter what, you know. And it's, it, I mean, I think this was, you know, this is a four or five ounce glass, and it was, and I still didn't fill yeah. it to the top, yeah, yeah. which is no, fine, and, right? And, I mean, you and so it, it's going to force the, uh, the 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 bartender or the owner to insist on more ice, which can ruin some drinks. Yeah, so but the, you know, we're talking about drinks that are served up yeah, with no ice. Exactly, exactly. Although we're adding ice indirectly, we're adding water by stirring it, mm. and that's and that's part of the drink, you know. Mm. When you if you if you take a um, you know, a martini is what, you know, gin and vermouth chilled, right? Mm -hmm. Take, do, if, ever, if you ever want to do an experiment, take gin and vermouth and put it in the freezer and then mm -hmm. put it into a martini glass mm -hmm. and then do it the proper way. Yeah. 
put gin and vermouth in a mixing cup, stir it with ice, and taste those two side by side. The yeah. one that was just in the freezer with no ice is going to be, you'll be on fire. You know, yeah. you're going to get, you know, it's too strong. Yeah. You're going to feel that heat of the alcohol, and it's it's not it's not going to be good. You know, mm. the proper way to do it, you're adding some water. You're diluting it. Yeah. This is beautiful. I mean, I I even get some. Um, grapefruit almost from the bitters yeah these are just straight up yep. angostura bitters angostura bitters yep and uh but there are there are grapefruit bitters out there there's all mm. kinds of bitters and i have a bunch i have a bunch of them downstairs mm. but this is the one i reach for all the time because mm. it's the classic and you just know exactly what it's going to do to your drink mm. bitters are called the uh bartender salt and pepper because mm. <laughs> it just adds a little that little something intangible something yeah, but you've had some other bitters. You had these cho- this uh, chocolate bitters. Oh, the chocolate was, bitters. Oh, that was amazing. Those are good, yeah. Absolutely Aztec, amazing. Fee Brothers Aztec chocolate bitters. Those are good. So good. It just added a different dimension to the uh, to, to, to the drink. Yep. That um, vermouth barrel whiskey. You can really, after a while, you can just taste it on the on the back end. You know, mm-hmm. it, it kind of lingers in your mouth, and you yeah. can r- really know that that's what you're drinking. It makes that much of a difference. That's, yeah, that's a really nice mix. Yeah, that's interesting. I think this. The, I think this rye. Um, it, it does linger more. That's interesting. You say that the vermouth taste will linger a little more, yeah. um, just because the the whiskey's been sort of infused with the with the. Vermouth taste. Yeah, it's a, it's it's almost a, the the perfect whiskey for a Manhattan. It if is. you're mixing it with vermouth, it's <laughs> almost like a, it accelerates the the the, the flavor of the vermouth. Mm. Sitting here with you, yeah, you're obviously a a, a drink expert here, a um, cocktail expert. When you've had something like this, everything else is going to disappoint you. Yeah, <laughs> you're forced to find a good you know gourmet bartender that can make you something similar to this yeah but you're definitely not going to go to your fridays and ask for a mixed drink actually Fri- fridays does surprisingly well lately believe it or not. really they're, they're using fresh juices that's a and, that's a big yeah. departure because i've been there where they use the same mix for so many different drinks no, i know 10 years and ago it's just it, horrible terrible yeah but they you'd be very surprised they they've made great great uh strides in the in their bar program Mm. And uh, they they make a drink with uh, Maker's Mark, fresh honey syrup, and fresh lemon juice. It's, really, it's excellent. <laughs> it's oh, really man. good. All right, <laughs> you sold me. <laughs> just if you ever go there, just tell them go light on the honey syrup. Just, mm. just tell them that. But it's uh, it's it's quite good. My my favorite drink. Uh, I went to a there's a bar called the Flatiron Lounge in uh, Flatiron uh, District of Manhattan. Really? Yeah. Oh, you got to see this place. It's like walking into a time machine. Yeah, it's, I love it down there. That's just a oh, great yeah, area. Great but but uh, it, it's like walking into the 1920s when you walk into this bar. It's so cool. And uh, I had a brown derby cocktail there, which is um, bourbon, honey syrup, and fresh grapefruit juice. Oh, it's delicious. That sounds amazing. It's so good. We t- taste that cherry. Yeah, I kind of been saving it, you know, yeah, uh, since it's the last one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I may want it in my. Uh, we'll do the next one with an orange twist instead, since we have no cherries left. You got to try it though. Orange twist is good though. Mm-hmm. Eat the cherry. Oh, man, you're gonna make me eat the cherry. It's so good. I want to save it. Oh, oh, that is so good. <laughs> Isn't that good? <laughs> Luxardo cherries are amazing. 
Do you know I throw away maraschino cherries? Oh, the regular maraschino cherries are ridiculous. They're if that's in a terrible. drink, I put it out on a napkin, it's, make sure it gets thrown out. It's red dye. It's terrible for you. And it takes 21 days to, to digest, from uh, what I've heard. No I don't doubt. know if that's, I, I don't know if that's a no myth doubt. or not. You know, we, <laughs> we had to send that one to Mythbusters, see if they could somehow uh, figure out me. how long it takes to um, digest the maraschino cherry. Oh, but this is amazing. This is like candy. I could yeah. eat a, a, a bowl of those. They're dangerously good. They're made in Italy. Mm. What is that I called again? Luxardo cherries. Wow, yeah. That jar is 24. Four dollars. <laughs> L-U-X-A-R-A-R-D-O. Mm -hmm. Wow. Right, I gotta get an orange twist. Which one of the vermouths was this, that? This the, is the Dolan vermouth. Oh, that's beautiful. Isn't it good? It wow. has a real a real red wine taste to it. Yeah. As opposed to most, most uh, other vermouths, you don't, it doesn't make you think of wine somehow. <laughs> oh my God, no. Vermouth is usually something um, you put in a drink that, that you don't know why it's there. Right. You know, and, and this is just Absolutely. Well, it's common in, in Italy and other uh, European countries to just drink vermouth in the afternoon on, yeah. on the rocks. or This, uh, again, a light sweetness. Now I know where the light sweetness was coming from in that uh, yeah. uh, Manhattan. Complements the cherry perfectly. So we, we use two vermouths in, in, that, in that Manhattan. We mix these two. Now taste this one is completely different. I would happily drink that Dolan vermouth straight. It's it has delicious. a flavor of... Um, very light wine flavor, yeah, with a sarsaparilla flavor. Mm. It's like light sarsaparilla or cola with a uh, a very light white wine flavor, white and the wine. two of them combined, it's even got almost a a slight smokiness. That's really nice. Yeah, I get more red wine than white wine, but it's uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. I'd have to, really I'd have to agree. Yeah, that's really good. Now you taste this is gonna taste completely different, and this is not something you'd probably want to drink on its own. <laughs> Punti mess. Very different. Mm. Punt, punt ms. Yeah, mm -hmm. e m e s. P u n t e m e s. Yeah. Wow, very different. That's got um, a bitterness on the back end, almost well, that's like the, bit uh, the bitterness is what you're looking for. I think. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, exactly. That's why I think these two blend so well together. Yeah. Because. Uh, this is it's it's smooth and not that it's sweet but it's uh but this just that little bitterness is, uh, is nice in the in the manhattan yeah it's almost like an orange zest on uh mm -hmm. bitterness you know mm -hmm. how uh, mm -hmm. lemon uh orange peel yeah. is bitter and that's this has right. that orange peel type taste to it hmm. good observation probably really good with with an espresso put mm -hmm. a few drops of this in an espresso yeah. wow yeah yeah, yeah. But that spiciness is good in Manhattan. I, I actually have some bitters that are um, Chipotle bitters, Ooh. and I'll put those in my Manhattan oh. sometimes. Now, just a couple of drops, yeah, you know, yeah, not yeah. that it tastes spicy, but yeah. it just adds this little dimension that's so this interesting. This almost has a bitters uh, uh, yeah. taste to it, you know, right. like uh, well, orange bitters, bitters the, like orange bitters almost. There's two categories of bitters, bitter, potable bitters and non-potable bitters. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the Angostura is non-potable bitters, so you wouldn't drink more than a couple of drops of that, right? And then something like this is called potable bitters, mm -hmm. where you can actually drink it. So it's a it's a bitter, you know, I mean, Angostura has alcohol in it. Yeah. Yet it's sold in the supermarket, and you don't have to be 21 to buy it, you know, because right. you're only using a couple of drops of it. Yeah, this is our uh, next Manhattan. We use the dad's hat finished in the port wine barrel. You know, this... We took a little 
break here and it sat in the ice a little too long, I think this is gonna be, gonna have a little more dilution than I would like normally. And unfortunately, I don't have any oranges on hand. So what we have here is a grapefruit twist. Oh, how cool. <laughs> That's fine. Mm -hmm. Next best thing. Grapefruits are great, are awesome this time of year. Cheers. You know, you can totally see the, um, the way that you um, twisted the, the grapefruit rind there. It imparts an oil. It leaves kind of like a, um, yeah, a grapefruit oil. And, that, uh, that's that's why you twist it and to release the yeah, oils. It's it's to beautiful. release the oils. Totally look forward to the taste of this. Oh, that's beautiful. The, the grapefruit twist. Wow, is, what? Is, it's awesome in a Manhattan. It's uh, it's unusual. I don't. I've never been served one that way, but I make them myself that way all the time. What balance? You know, the the tongue registers the sweetness almost immediately and then right behind it is the bitterness mm -hmm. and it's in such perfect balance in this yeah that it, it's just a, a a beautiful sipping experience that bitterness you start once you it's an acquired taste to be sure but once you once you acquire that taste you start to crave it <laughs> oh yeah no it's um it's such a it's almost like a yeah granted a, a whiskey stands on its own a good whiskey stands on its own is a great yeah. experience yeah. right however when you add ingredients to this it it almost amplifies it you know yeah. it 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 just yeah, raises it with additional flavors without obscuring mm -hmm. the whiskey itself so i can completely taste that whiskey yeah. right right but uh there are flavors hitting my tongue in addition to it that mm. are just phenomenal and it just totally amplifies the the drink experience so a, a really good well-made gourmet cocktail as i call it is is uh, just an amplification of of a of a great whiskey this is just mm. beautiful yeah yeah this just has great balance uh, there's a complexity to it and all of the flavors come through and that grapefruit rind let yeah. me tell you, I'm not missing that beautiful cherry right now. <laughs> that cherry that was so delicious. Yeah, I'm not missing better. it at the this moment. Is better, this yeah. is just a great alternative. Well, thank you. I'm glad you enjoy it. And uh, that's a great compliment that you taste all the different flavors, but it meshes together well. Mm. That's, mm. that's exactly what you're looking for when, when mixing great cocktails. Dude, what is the, the, the name of the room in Grand Central Station? Um, that, uh, is the Oyster this, Bar? No. There is a famous like upstairs bar. Where um, Campbell Apartment. Actually, uh, yeah, I've never been there. Interesting place, knowing that you're in a historic uh, um, mm -hmm. room, if you will, right? Right. However, I was not terribly impressed by how casually the employees mm. take the place. You know really? what I mean? It is. Uh, it is a place to 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 be revered in that you know that you're sitting right where. You know, so many, you know, incredible people in yeah. history have sat before. Right. Right. And and to me, in my opinion, the the employees should be aware of that and should be catering to that. Mm. And yet when when you see them, you know, it's like you could be in any bar oh, and it should wow. never, ever be seen that way. Wow. You know, it should be something where, you know, you're in the Campbell room. They have to and respect the history of the place. Yeah, that's, it's that's like, what it's makes It's like if you it. were in the Plaza Hotel and yeah. the employees were acting like they were in the Holiday Inn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is just something that doesn't match, you know. Wow. And, and uh, to me, uh, uh, spaces like that are special in history and you're lucky if, if you can, you know, enjoy them. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's my feeling about it.
Well, that turned out to be a long Bartender Journey podcast. Maybe the longest ever. I'm not sure. But I uh, hope you enjoyed it. And I sure enjoyed the Dad's Hat Rye and uh, talking with my good friend Mike, talking with John Cooper from the company, from, from Dad's Hat Rye. Please feel free to get in touch with me. Uh, you can reach me at, via email at vince.bartender at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter, Barkeep Tips. You can find the Bartender Journey website at bartenderjourney.net and search Facebook for Bartender Journey. Hey, if you go to bartenderjourney.net, You'll see a link there for Flavar, and you can save $10 if you use that link. And uh, you can get $10 off your first order by clicking through on that link. If you, uh, if you join up for their tasting packs, that's a fun way to taste a bunch of different stuff that you probably never would have tasted, never mind you probably never would have heard of them. So check that out. It's pretty cool. I'll talk to you next time on the Bartender Journey Podcast. Cheers. Yeah.